G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Then he went on to explain why the gospel is so powerful. He said that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Now, righteousness is our greatest need. Remember, Job asked the question, how can a man be righteous before God? How can a person stand before God and know that he or she is in the right with him? Surely there isn't a more important question than that. So what does the gospel reveal about the righteousness of God? Well, on the one hand, it shows that our sin must receive the just judgment of God. But on the other hand, it proclaims to us that Jesus has fulfilled all the demands of the law and has paid its penalty in full on our behalf. Whoever believes in what Jesus did at the cross is righteous, is declared to be righteous by God, and from that moment is treated as righteous by God. That's the good news that the gospel reveals. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello and welcome to Set Free. It's Phil here and with me is author and teacher Ken Legg as we survey the wondrous cross this week. Now, Ken, you just made the point that the cross reveals the righteousness of God. What does that mean? Well, as I was studying that verse uh, where Paul says that very thing, that the gospel reveals the righteousness of God, that's, that's Romans 1.17, by the way. The following verse says this, that the wrath of God has also been revealed against all unrighteousness. And that's the reason why we need the message of the gospel, which tells us of righteousness, because we're unrighteous. And the wrath of God is pending. It's, it's hanging over us. We often hear about the good news of the gospel, but we need the good news because there is bad news. Is that right? Exactly. I mean, it doesn't make sense that it's good news unless you know what the bad news is. So um, Paul says this, that this gospel is needed by everyone. Because of the bad news, and and in those days the the world was divided into two groups, you know, the Gentiles and the Jews, and Paul had the task of having to convince both groups that they need this good news, and so how does he do that by telling them both the bad news, and the bad news is uh, of their guilt before God. So how does he do that? Well, the Gentiles were characterized by unrighteousness. Okay, you you look at any historical writings of the Roman era of that time, and they committed every kind of sin and were proud of it. You know, they had no kind of shame in their sinful behavior. So they were characterized by unrighteousness, but the Jews were characterized by self-righteousness. Okay, so they thought, okay, yeah, that's the Gentiles. They're bad, they're wicked, they're evil, but we are righteous. And and they found that self-righteousness in the law, at least they thought they they were righteous by law-keeping, you know. There's some, some similarities to our society today. You know, people who uh, would feel that they are self-righteous, or appear so, others who are known for their unrighteousness. So how do you go about convincing someone that they have sinned and they need to be saved? How did Paul do it and what is sin? Well, this is where the law comes into it, you know. The law reveals the knowledge of sin. 
what is the law? It's you know why did God give it? it? Was it just an obedience test? You know, here's a here's a bunch of rules. See if you are an obedient people. See if you'll obey them. You know, um, it, well if that's the case. Do we need those ten? Could we have done it with eight? Could we have taken those out and put some others in? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? No. Um, There's something about the law, and it's this, that the law is a transcript of the nature of God. Um, For example, you know, when God says, you shall not steal, well, God doesn't take, he gives. His nature is to give. Um, When when the law says, you shall not murder, God is not the one who takes life. He's the giver of life. Mm. When the law says, you shall not commit adultery, well, God is always faithful in all his relationships. Mm. So, you know, you can go on through the Ten Commandments and you see that it's actually a manifestation of what God is, okay? So the second thing about the law is that it doesn't only just show us what God is like, but it shows us what we are like. When you drop the plumb line, if you like, of God's law up against our lives, it shows us to be crooked, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm. We've all fallen short of that standard. Now, the Jews had that law written down. They were very familiar with the law. You know, they called the Torah. They read it. They, yep. they memorized it. They knew it. Uh, they kept it. They thought they kept it anyway until Jesus come along. And he said, well, actually, um, the law goes deeper than just on the outside. For example, you know, yes, you shall not murder. But, you know, if you're angry with someone in your heart, if you've really got rage against someone, it's like you've committed murder in your heart. Okay, you shall not commit adultery, but if you ever lusted after somebody, then you've done the act in your heart, you know. And mm. so straight away when Jesus came along, he showed them that they haven't found righteousness in the law. In fact, Paul says this, that they being ignorant of the, the righteousness of the law have tried to uh, find their own righteousness by keeping the law. And in doing that, they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Mm. So they misunderstood the purpose of God giving the law. They thought that he gave it to them as a means of obtaining righteousness, but it was actually as a means of showing them that they had fallen short of the righteousness of God. So that's the Jews, but what about the Gentiles? The Gentiles, they didn't have the law, did they? Well, Paul says this, that they had the law written in their hearts. Now, when you follow Paul's teaching on this in Romans chapter uh, 2, it's very interesting what he says. He, he describes them in this way. He says all the time they're doing two things. They're excusing and accusing. Okay, you think about that. Um, they're always judging people as being doing the right thing mm-hmm. or they're saying, no, they did the wrong thing. So when you say that person did the right thing or that person did the wrong thing, what you're basically saying is, I know what the standard is. Okay, so they, they, there is a knowledge in each one of us. It's not the full knowledge that the Jews had. You know, they had the, the law in all its detail and in verses and so on. But people know what's right and what's wrong. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a, or a Gentile, whether you've had an incredible revelation of the law and of truth and of sin, or whether you've had a general kind of revelation. No one has lived up to the measure of light that they've received. That's, mm. the, that's, the, that's the point that Paul is making. Mm. So the law can't save us, but it shows us that we need to be saved, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, and Paul says that um, we've all been confined under sin. Uh, our mouth has been stopped. That's the, that's the word he, he uses. He says, okay, the law comes along. It shows us all to be guilty so that we all close our mouth. In other words, we don't, we don't try to justify ourselves. See, God wants to justify us. But if you want to, go, if you want to justify yourself, you've got to go back under the law. Uh, but when you read Romans and Paul's argument, he says that God's way of justifying us is apart from the law. It's, it's not with any reference to our law keeping. We can't justify ourselves on that basis. It's through Christ. 
And that's really what we're celebrating this week, isn't it? Jesus making us righteous through his work at the cross. Yeah. Phil, do you remember when uh, Jesus began his ministry? Now, he went down to the River Jordan, and there was John baptizing sinners. And Jesus presented himself at a sinner's baptism. And John was shocked. He was horrified. He said, what are you doing here? You know, I should be baptized by you. And this is what Jesus said. He said, let it be so now, because in doing this, we are fulfilling all righteousness. We are fulfilling all righteousness. Now, what did he mean by that? Well, as Jesus was baptized, he was immersed in water. And that was a symbol of being immersed in the judgment of God, that it was a symbol of what he was going to do at the cross. He would go to the cross and the judgment of God would come over him just like those waters at the River Jordan. Incidentally, uh, the word Jordan, Jordan, the word Dan means judgment. Mm. So it was a symbol of God's judgment coming over him. Hmm. And so in doing that, he fulfilled all righteousness. Everything that the law required, he perfectly fulfilled. Every judgment that was due to us fell upon him. So when he come up out of the water, God said, this is my beloved son, and in him I'm well pleased. Mm. So when we have faith in Christ, we're baptized into Christ. What happened to him has already happened to us. Our judgment has already taken place. Again, we need to understand the finished work that he has done on the cross yeah. and walk in it. Absolutely. And to believe in it. I mean, the whole Christian, we respond to the grace of God by faith. So we're trusting in nothing but what he did there. And knowing that when we believe in, in him, even though we didn't feel it, this is what happened. We were baptized into Christ. Our judgment has taken place. We're now risen with him. And what God said about Jesus at Jordan, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He says that about us now. We are the righteousness of God in whom God is well pleased. We're surveying the wondrous cross this week and we'll have more on this for you tomorrow. In the meantime, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.